welcome to another edition of Ask the Expert, and I'm very pleased to be joined by my colleague Rachel Awad, who is the Director of Strategic Partnerships with insurancemarket.ie. Rachel, how are you today? Very good, thanks Lee. Good, good. Thanks for inviting me. No, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thanks very much for joining me. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to talking to you and going through a few questions and, and picking your brains a little bit as well. Okay. So I know you've got a, a, a good background and, and strong experience to share. So. So yeah, we'll get in. Of course, first of all, we always like to try and find out a little bit about the expert. So okay. if you don't mind just kind of telling us a little bit about yourself and, and your background and, and perhaps how you how you actually ended up here in, in the UAE and, and in Dubai. Okay, so this is the bit where you say you don't look old enough. <laughs> so I've been in insurance for 32 wow. years. <laughs> you don't look um, old enough. Thank you very much. <laughs> Not at all stage. Um, and I've had kind of a really varied background, I would say. Okay. So I started off working in broking, working for an international broker, and then across to the dark side, which was in the insurance company world. Okay. Um, and for my sins, I've been an underwriter um, in various different classes of insurance, a relationship manager. Yeah. Um, I've done underwriting operations. I've done sales and development. Um, and then I kind of spread my wings. So I did stuff internationally as well. Okay. So my last role, I was responsible for development for Zurich Insurance. Yeah. And that was across Europe, Middle East and Africa. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and primarily I focused a lot on motor insurance because that's a real passion of mine. I'm a bit of a petrol head. Okay. Um, and I think you always work better in things you're interested yeah, in. So absolutely. I kind of really, really flew with that. Um, how I came to the Middle East was like a lot of people, I came here as a tourist. Um, nearly 20 years ago wow. now. So I've seen a lot of change yeah, in this yeah. region, a lot of change. Um, but I kept coming back and I kept thinking, wow, I'd really like to actually put down roots and live in that place one day because I've always really loved it. Um, so three years ago, actually, my job finished in London. Okay. I worked in the city. It cut and I decided, you know what? Why not have a complete life change? So I sold everything and I came to Dubai and just decided to look for a job. Um, I worked for a major insurer here, um, but ultimately this position with AFIA just came up. And um, what's exciting about it, I think, is that they've been around now for 25 yeah. years. But in those 25 years, they've had a massive progression, yeah, a huge expansion, and they've really started to dominate the broker space here. Um, but there's still a journey to do. And that for me is really powerful and exciting. So. Yeah. That's how I've ended up here. Excellent. So it's been a, a, an interesting three years by the sounds of it as well. Yes, very much so. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I love it. I've got no intention of going back. <laughs> so many people say the same. Inshallah. <laughs> so you've got a, a vast experience spanning three decades now in the industry. What are the main kind of changes that you've seen over the years internationally? Massive change, I would say. There's been a real, a real shift in how people view insurance, how people use insurance and how people buy insurance, I would say. Um, so firstly, I think probably how people see insurance. So I think it's always been seen as something that's unnecessary. Yeah. Um, they view it quite traditionally. Um, so it's boring. Um, it's probably money that they would better spend elsewhere. Yeah. So if they have to insure their car for a thousand dirham, they'd rather spend a thousand dirham on going out for a night with their friends. Yeah. Um, or maybe going for an, a brunch or something like that, you know. So it's trying to, to recognize that there's a shift now, that insurance plays a major role in people's lives. Yeah. So for every dirham you spend, you're actually protecting 10, even 100 times, even 1,000 times more. 
Yeah. How we buy insurance has changed as okay. well. Traditionally, people would always go maybe into an insurance broker and do a face-to-face deal and Seems maybe ask advice. crazy that to happen, but yeah. Yeah, crazy. I mean, especially now with the situation yeah. with COVID, that just isn't possible. So this move to digitization, this online buying, um, we do it in all our walks of life now. And insurance yeah, is a commodity the same as everything else. So I think we've seen a real shift to that. I think people are more informed now. Um, they really understand what they need and what they want and what products are out there and what kind of price they should pay for that. They're more, what we say in English, savvy. Yes. So they're more commercially aware, I would say. Because of that, I think new insurances have come out that years ago we would never have thought about. So things like now they're working on a product to cover the COVID crisis. Yeah. So viruses in the future. But if we think about viruses, a really hot topic as well is computer. Yeah, so cyber insurance, yeah, yeah. that's now huge business. Yeah. So it's not just about insuring your car or insuring your life anymore. Those are traditional and they're still yeah. there. But I think there's been a huge shift. And it's also about people buying now. It's not just millennials buying online. We've got a whole generation of what I'd call silver surfers. Yeah. So people over 50, who maybe never used a computer before because of circumstance now find themselves using online as an alternative. Yeah. So that for me really is, is the big change. Yeah. So there's obviously been some interesting changes, as you mentioned. What would you say has, has stayed the same? Price. Price being the key driver. Um, I think people will never move away from getting hung up on price. And they never stop using price as an excuse maybe to switch their, their supplier or yeah. switch their, their insurer. Um, the bottom line is everyone wants to feel that they're getting value for money. And while I would say that you know prices have come down in certain areas and have gone up in others, there's always that I want to do a deal yeah. kind of mentality. And that's never changed, I yeah. think. So Rachel, you've experienced the insurance market in, in different countries. What would you say are the, the main differences between the UK and the UAE or, or in fact the similarities between both? So let's start with similarities, yeah. I think, because it's, it's nice to feel we've got some common ground, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah. So similarities. Um, well, first of all, I don't think many people would actually realise that insurance started in the Middle East. Mm, the okay. earliest insurance policy was actually found on a stone tablet in Babylon wow. in Iraq. Wow. So that's the foundation of insurance. Yeah. Um, modern insurance and kind of how that's progressed since then is London is recognized as then the birthplace of, yeah. of modern insurance um, and it came out of the great fire of London so people tend to think of insurance and relate it to disasters <laughs> unfortunately um, so in 1666 in London there was the great fire and yeah, it started absolutely. in a baker's shop in an area called Pudding Lane yeah. very apt and it spread rapidly and it spreads so quickly that it wiped out everything within like a square mile radius. Wow. Um, so you can imagine it, it was huge. And after that, people started thinking, how do we protect ourselves? Because we've built up businesses and now we've lost everything. So modern insurance evolved from that where traders sat together and they sat together in a coffee house and they talked about how can we actually cover our losses? And they all decided to pay a contribution into a pool or a shared fund and then if anybody suffered a loss, they would be paid money from that fund. Actually, that's a reflection of what went on in the Middle East, where we have what's known as Takaful insurance. Yeah. And Takaful insurance is born from the same principle. It's where everybody's contributing mutually to a fund. 
and then losses are paid from that fund. The main difference there is intercarful insurance. It's following principles of Islamic law, Sharia okay. law. So it's looking at nobody profiting from insuring somebody else, where obviously in modern insurance, insurance companies look to make a profit yeah. so that they can continue trading yeah. and expand their product lines and so on. Mm. But actually the similarities are there. Yeah. Um, in modern insurance, there are real similarities as well. In the UAE, it's compulsory to insure your car. Yes. You must have insurance and the mandatory insurance is third party liability. Yeah. That's exactly the same in the UK. So similarities there again. Um, similarity, we look to ensure um, our travel, we look to ensure our homes, we look to ensure our possessions, yeah. we look to ensure our health to a certain degree as well. One major difference here, we do look to ensure our lives, that's becoming more popular, life insurance. Absolutely. But actually, well, we'll come on to differences in a minute, but we have to recognise there is a fundamental principle with life insurance in, in the UAE and why people buy it compared to the West. Yeah. Um, they're both regulated businesses as well. That's probably a, a big thing. So yeah, in yeah. the UK, the Financial Conduct Authority actually controls the FCA, controls okay. the activities. Here in the UAE, it's the IA, the Insurance Authority. Okay. So again, we have to be very open and transparent in everything that we do. Um, and that's another real similarity, I'd yeah. say. Yeah. Very interesting. A bit yeah. of a history lesson as well into Thank the world of, world of insurance. And, <laughs> well, I haven't uh, been around that long. It's only 32 years, it's, not it's good, that long. Good but. knowledge. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's amazing to kind of think about where, where it started, as you say, Absolutely. with the fire of London and, and even earlier than that. So yeah, very interesting indeed. Yeah. Thank you. So there's a lot of similarities, as, as you mentioned, and, and I kind of alluded to the point as well about the differences. What would you say are, are the main differences then? Right. Okay. There's quite a few I would say so I've got to try and remember them all okay so I'd say probably the first thing um, this is a kind of similarity to start with but then we go into a difference okay. in demographics so like the UK the UAE is a very multicultural society yeah. I think that's probably yeah, one of the reasons so. that I know you love it and I yeah, certainly love absolutely. it yeah um, but the demographic is different in terms of the, the mix of nationalities so if we were to consider the UK a high proportion of the population would be British people, yeah. born and born and bred English, you know. But here you couldn't say that. So here the population currently is around 9.8 million. Okay. So it's roughly one eighth of the size of the UK, yeah. right? Um, but in terms of the mix, 95% are expat. So only 5% wow. are local. So that's, that's, that's crazy, <laughs> crazy, right? Numbers, you know, only 5% yeah. of the people actually yeah. really truly born and bred or belong to this country. So that's, that's one thing I would say. So as a difference, if you then stop and think about insurance, I touched on it when we talked about similarity actually, but when you think about the role insurance plays, actually insurance to a local person isn't really a concept they'd be entirely familiar or comfortable with. Okay. So we've got this need for car insurance, it's mandatory, yeah. we understand that, but when it comes to buying other kinds, a local person might have a different take on it. So in Sharia law, in the foundations of Islam, what you would find is that insurance as a principle isn't actually encouraged. Okay. There's actually a principle called Al-Gharah, yeah. which actually means it's uncertainty. It's almost like you're gambling a little bit because everything is based on the principle of Allah and his commands, yeah. for example. So... If you were to insure something, what you're kind of doing is saying, I'm not trusting Allah, 
with my path. Yeah. I'm not trusting Allah to look after me and protect myself. I'm taking it out of Allah's hands and I'm giving it to somebody else to ensure. So against that backdrop, you have to be quite sensitive. And yeah. that's why we have Islamic insurance companies. We have Takafal insurance companies there to take care of some of those concerns. So we have to be respectful of that. Of course. If you actually look further into the demographic of the UAE, around 60 to 70% of people here have actually come from the Indian subcontinent or the Far East. So we're talking about India, Pakistan, yeah. Sri Lanka, Malaysia, and Philippines. If you were to look in the Indian subcontinent and the way they handle insurance, there's a lot of bank assurance as, as a revenue stream. So people are familiar with, with bank assurance, for example. Um, they may be also familiar with, with online, but the distribution channels are, are different yeah. as well, I would say. Other major differences, here is very much a 24-7 society. Very much. Again, something yeah. I love. I love the fact that I'm craving some kind of Thai food and it's 1am <laughs> and I can, can go on it. an app and I can order it and I can fill yeah. this rather large stomach with some really nice food. I couldn't do that in the UK. Yeah. You and I know that pretty much 11 o'clock those things Everyone's are shut asleep. and all that's open is our favorite McDonald's or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Sorry, other burgers are available. <laughs> but it's it's that kind of concept. Um, so I love the 24-7 nature here. And by virtue of that, we can buy anything 24-7. And there's probably an app for everything as well. Yeah. So that's quite different. But even though there are apps for everything, I think a major difference here is how did people use digital? They'll use it for an inquiry. So someone would use an app or they'd go online to look up information about insurance or what broker can I go to or what yeah. insurer can I go to, but they won't 100% see the deal through from start to finish. There will still generally be a human intervention. So I've looked it up. I found AFIA Insurance. Yeah. I've decided I want to look on insurance market, get the info, but I've got some questions. And do I trust actually doing all the transaction? Because maybe I'm going to do something wrong or I'm not going to get the right cover. So there's still this need to speak to somebody. Yeah. And I think that in the UK, people use comparison websites or aggregators, as we call them, or apps or sites in a different way. They actually do a full end-to-end yeah, -end process yeah, on yeah. it. So I think that's maybe a difference. But that's just about maturity in the market, I would say, where we've had to buy insurance for a number of years. We're pretty comfortable with buying insurance. And we want to buy it as quickly and cheaply as possible. And kind of these online methods allow us to do that, even though they're only open for a certain period of yeah. time, unlike here. So that's where I'd say there are differences. Another difference is in life insurance, as I mentioned. So again, this, this principle of Al-Gharal about things being uncertain. You know, we believe that Allah gives and we believe Allah takes. So we enter the world when Allah wants, we leave the world when Allah wants. Yeah. Um, to cover somebody's life kind of goes against it's that a little principle. bit. Yeah. And also people make provision during their life. You know, if somebody dies here, it's probably accepted that their family would take care of them and their dependents. In the UK, we know that isn't quite yeah. the same dynamic where there's a lot more interdependency rather than dependency. People tend to leave home at a young age, even if we're single, we set up home on our yeah. own. Here, culturally, even amongst the expat community, that isn't the same. So it's a very different concept. Um, and if I think about life, I'm probably also going to think about medical, right? Um, so another change is in the UK, we have the NHS, yeah. which is our National Health Service, 
because we pay tax. How lovely. Yeah. And we pay tax at quite a high percentage sometimes. And a percentage of that tax goes towards giving us free healthcare, which is a huge and massive benefit. Yeah. But we have a population of nearly 70 million people. We have an aging population. Big demand. There's a huge demand. Can they cope with that? And it costs a lot of money. So unlike the UAE, you know, we're, we're chucking out a lot of money on something where we're not getting any return yeah. back. There is a growing private sector market in the UK because people want to jump the queue. People want to see a consultant or a doctor or a specialist yeah. quicker. And private medical gives them that ability, whereas the NHS, they have to wait their turn, as it yeah. were. So there is a growing need in the UK, but here in the UAE, of course, as an expat, we don't have any medical cover at all. And it's mandatory under UAE law that we have to have some kind of medical cover. So that's a major difference. Um, for me personally, however, I can say that it's a very positive experience. Yeah. I had surgery myself okay. in Dubai only six months ago. And it was the first time I'd had any kind of medical treatment here at all. And it was absolutely first class. Yeah. And it actually was way superior to what I had in the UK. And my medical insurance gave me that. So I actually see it as something that's different, but hugely powerful. And I'm sure there are plenty of other differences as well that if I'd spent time, I could think of, but they're the main ones. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and that, that's a good point, you know, that kind of a positive experience in the back of, mm -hmm. of that insurance that you've got as well, right? Mm -hmm. And, and yeah. also interesting that you say about the kind of, obviously things going online and, and people using yeah. this online process, but particularly out here, maybe still wanting that personal touch and yes. that element of service that, they, that, that they'll get. So they'll go through to a certain stage, but they want to speak to someone and they want to, they want to do the deal, you know, in person in, in some cases. Yeah. However, some people are happy doing it online. They've got that option now. They can they can just do the whole thing on, online. Exactly. It's streamlined to do that as well. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, something for everyone. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So, Rachel, what conclusions have you drawn into being a successful insurance business in the, in the UAE? I think like every business, and insurance is no different, you really have to understand the needs of the customer. Yeah. I think that's number one. Sales is all about psychology. That's, that's hugely important. If you can start to really understand what motivates your buyer and ask the questions before they ask you, I think then you're pretty much on your way to being successful. I think you have to consider all of the options as well. So we've talked about face-to-face, -face, we've talked about online, we've talked about apps. Um, we should also talk about telephone as, as a medium as well. So I think if you're a business that can kind of cover all of those bases, again, you'll be successful. Yeah. And I think since insurance market developed from the AFIA brand 10 years ago, I think that's probably where they can attribute a lot of their success because yeah. first of all, they created a really strong brand. Absolutely. People can identify with it. You know, they've, they've got Alfred, they've got somebody that I, well, they can identify well with. And I understand that people even call up and say, can I speak to Alfred as yeah. well? <laughs> so it really proves that they identify with Alfred and they think it's a person. And so that's kind of nice. You know, they've got that brand awareness there. Um, they've obviously resourced correctly as well, because understanding that we've now got this brand that people want to connect with, how are they going to connect? Yeah. So in terms of being able to speak to somebody and have somebody behind the scenes doing all the essential processing and making sure the insurance is in place, there's now over 400 employees, um, so that's fantastic. Um, I think in terms of always wanting to stay on top in, in the way in which they're marketing themselves and offering the insurance, having online, 
and having a strong brand in online yeah. has been highly successful as well. So everyone identifies AFIA probably as, as the traditional style broker that very much has a role. Yeah. And insurance market is a refresh of the brand and it's making it maybe younger and more yeah. dynamic. So it's kind of covering everybody because not everybody's a millennial, as we said, and not everyone's a silver surfer. So it's got to cater for everyone. And I think probably the fact they've got nearly 12,000 reviews now on Google yeah. and a 4.9 rating, that probably speaks for itself. So Absolutely. I think it's just surpassed you know, the 12,000 mark now wow, as well. Amazing. Just recently, so, so I think, you know, we probably alluded to what we think the success measures yeah. are, but I think the results are there to see in terms of the reviews and the buying public and the fact that people come back, they renew, they buy different products, yeah. they refer their friends. That's got to speak for itself as well. So I, I think that's probably the secret to success. Yeah, absolutely. No, it sounds like it's a it's a it's a very good combination with the, the two of, of AFIA and insurancemarket.e as well. And yeah. clearly, you know, working well. So absolutely. But there's been some some very very useful information and, and a bit of history in there as well that you've shared so far. And uh, I know there's a lot more knowledge that we we could look at. But uh, director of strategic partnerships here. So just tell us a little bit more about that. What what, what does that involve on a, on a day to day or week-to-week -week basis let's say probably a job description that's wide <laughs> it's probably what it is um it's looking basically at opportunities to improve so we've just talked about success measures right yeah. and part of that is about keeping pace making sure that you're always relevant i think that's a that's a really good word um we would probably aspire to be ahead of the game of but i think being in the game is what every business wants. So it's about looking at ways in which we can remain relevant, remain in the market, rem maintain our position as a market leader. You know, it's the leading retail insurance broker in UAE. We want to keep it that way, yeah. but we want to give some even more daylight from our competitors as well. So I think it's looking at innovation. Yeah. It's looking at people, products, performance, and process. Yeah. That's what I would see as the key areas. And it's looking for projects and initiatives that support all of those pillars and foundations. So improving our technology, improving the knowledge of our people. You know, this slot is Ask the Expert, and we like to think we've got a lot of experts certainly out there do. in the organisation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know you've certainly interviewed quite a few, yeah. and you we've intend to carry on that. a few more to come, yeah. Um, but I think it's about making sure that their knowledge stays expert. So it's about continuous improvement, training, development. It's always looking at our results. We've got a 4.9 rating on Google. Yeah. What's that 0.1% then? What's stopping us getting five? What's stopping us getting 20,000 reviews? How do we smash that? Innovation in products, so not only the technology and how we do things, but also what we're offering too. So if we look at the partnership side of things, it's giving a greater offering, a greater what we call value proposition to the customer base. So quite a lot, really. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I'm looking at. But it's a lot, but variety is the spice of life, right? Yeah, absolutely. And we're in quite a spicy region. So, <laughs> yeah, I've yeah. got a lot to do and it's quite exciting. Yeah, it keeps you busy, keeps you entertained. Yeah, and, definitely. And perhaps on the back of this, I'm sure there'll be a few people reaching out to maybe get some more history lessons, but also okay. look, at, look <laughs> at some you know possible strategic partnerships as well. And, and I guess so. you're open to mm -hmm. having conversations with, with people if they want to find yep. out a little bit more, talk to you and they can reach out and, and do definitely. that. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've got, as we've said, more editions of yeah. these to come. Yeah. You know, if anybody's got an idea on a slot, you know, we want to know mm. more about this, reach out and we'll see how we can utilize yeah. that and, and make a connection. Definitely. Excellent. Sounds good. Definitely. Well, thank you very much for joining me. You're I've welcome. enjoyed it. I've learned some stuff to. today myself as well. So 
Uh, I'm sure we will, as I've said to, to, to others so far, because there's so much that we can talk about. I'm sure yeah. we'll, we'll do something again in the future. But I yeah, I appreciate so. your time. Thank, Thank you. you. And yeah, we'll, uh, we'll do it again soon. Thanks for making it painless. <laughs> Thank <laughs> we you. We tried. Thanks, Rachel. Thank you, Lee.